Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I am your host, Titus Bartolotta. Man, today is going to be a good one. And listen, since most of you like uh, check out every single show, you never miss a show ever, and I appreciate you. You hear me kind of say this part every single time. And, and I know it gets boring and tiring, but it just keeps being true. Like today, the guest is ridiculously cool. Um, her bio is amazing. We've already chatted a little bit before I hit the record button. You guys want to know what we talked about? Well, sorry, you don't get to. That's not part of the show. Like, uh, that's just for me and our guest today. But I'm telling you, she is a star. And I'm so excited uh, to have this guest for you today. If you've never tuned into the show before, we hope that you'll continue uh, being a regular subscriber. And uh, and whoever told you about the show, that you'll go ahead and start writing the thank you note to them now because you're going to love it. It's going to be good stuff. We start every show the same way, and that is in prayer. Uh, join us if you'd like. But Lord, we give you glory and honor for all things. We ask that you would bless the show, our guest, our sponsors. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. All right, friends. Today, we have an amazing person on the show. Uh, Genevieve Pitoro is our guest. Uh, she is an author. She is a speaker. She is a coach. And she's the founder of a national nonprofit, a 501c3 that has done incredible things, Pajama Program. She is a best-selling author. Uh, her book is number one on Amazon. She's done TED Talks. She's been on Oprah. And I can't wait to call Oprah and be like, well, yeah, she's been on my show and your show, right? That's the way we're going to say it. Our guest today is Genevieve. She's my new best friend. Thanks for being here. Oh, I'm excited to be in the huddle. Yeah, it's going to be so <laughs> cool. I love this. I, I want to know like your bio, which it, it literally is pages of, of accomplishments and success. So our audience is going to get to glean from, from your experience and not just be motivated, but probably take some notes, right? And be able to do something in their life. Uh, in a greater way. But one of the things that was so cool that I read about you was you were on this corporate path. And then uh, you said your life changed because a little girl asked you a question, but I don't know what that question was. So would you do me the favor of telling us a little bit about who you are? Tell us your journey. And when you get to the part that you, you had me on the edge of my seat, when you go, I was doing all this, a little girl asked me a question and changed my life. And I did everything different. When you get to that part of your story, would you tell us what the heck this little girl asked you? Sure, I uh, sure I will. Um, it's part of it's part of it's the beginning of uh, of so much. So it's um, I don't mind I don't mind sharing that. Um, yeah, I, I I was first born. I am first born of an Italian traditional Italian family. Dad off the boat. I know we shared that. You know that type of a, a traditional family. So yeah. when I announced that I wanted to be married Tyler Moore and a corporate single woman in a city like New York. Um, you know, they looked at me like, you know, well, we raised you, we thought to get married and have children and, you know, live the Italian life. And I didn't know how to tell them that that wasn't the, the beat I was, you know, walking to. So they came around, but it wasn't easy. And I did climb that corporate ladder and I, and I was loving it, Titus. I really, I really was. I was doing what Mary did. I was, you know, a woman in a man's world. It was the TV syndication world in New York. And I was living on my own and I, you know, I wanted her friend or best friend and her clothes and, you know, all those crazy antics. And I was, I was in a, in a good place or so I thought, you know, it was crazy in New York 
at that time and very um, fast paced. So when one day in the middle of my um, afternoon alone, which was rare because it was such a crazy um, moving lifestyle, I heard a voice in me and I heard it. And it asked me, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this mm. enough? And Titus, it really stopped me cold. I'd never heard that voice. I'd never consciously thought, oh, maybe I should reevaluate what I'm doing. I was just going. Wow. And I realized that maybe there was something I was missing that my parents mm. you know, held for me in their hearts. And I realized split second, I didn't have my own family, I didn't have my own children, and I didn't think that was my path, but I would like to bring more children into my life, you know, nieces and nephews, but I wanted more children in my life. So I immediately brought back these memories of watching the TV news and these children were in harm's way, and then the papers every day, police and social workers were bringing children from a very bad situation into an emergency shelter. And pre-9-11, you could do what I did. And I called these shelters and I said, I'm a nice person. Can I come and read to the children you have there in the evening? And they said, you sound like a nice person. Okay. Yeah. And I know pre 9-11, different world. Totally. And I went in with my books, children's books. And I was so excited. I was in my business suit and everything changed when I felt the atmosphere. I, I felt it was safe and it was. And they brought me to a room to wait for the kids. And it was very bare. And there was a, a rug and very few chairs, not for big people, for children. So I just sat on the floor with this bag of books. In minutes, I saw little faces at the door. And they brought the kids in. And the kids were so quiet. And if you can picture what you would think of children who were literally brought in that day or even hours before to a safe place, and they're told that this lady's going to read them stories. They came in so timidly in the clothes they'd been wearing, which weren't, you know, most of the time fitting properly or clean. And the staff were, were loving and were trying to take care of them. And the children came in and sat with me on the floor. And I read story after story in complete silence. They just stared at me. Some looked around. Some had been crying. And I did this week after week in a few different shelters I found. And it was the most calm and the most grounded I had been. But I didn't feel like I was doing much. There was no interaction or anything. I was just, I felt like, well, maybe I'm, I'm providing a calm. One day I followed where they were taking the kids into another room to go to sleep after I finished reading. And that picture, that vision broke my heart. It was very bare, just like where I'd been reading to them in any of those shelters. Two or three kids up on a cot or a futon nothing to change into. And some of them were crying. And again, the staff were lovely, but it wasn't what I was remembering and the visions I was recalling of my mom at our bedside, four of us kids in our rooms, stories and, you know, cookies and milk and more stories, please, more stories. And of course there were pajamas and hugs and kisses. And we knew, you know, how much we were loved and that was missing. And the first thing I said when the staff were sort of nudging me out, because I guess I was sort of planted in there, I said, can I bring some pajamas next week? And they said, sure. And I did. And when I gave them out, after I read to them, they all took them, but this one little girl who was so frightened of me and she, her 
pigtails were were a mess and her, her clothes were soiled and her shoes were, I don't know, size 10 or something. They were just ridiculously big, but they covered her. Her feet kept her clean and warm. And she just kept shaking her head. No, no, no. I didn't know why she was so afraid. And I kept gently trying and having her touch how soft these pink pajamas were I wanted to give her. And finally, when I said the last time, honey, don't you want to take your pajamas? I know they'll fit and they'll be warm for you. She whispered to me, what are pajamas? And I didn't even think it was possible I heard her right. And I knelt down. I looked up at the staff person standing with her who mouthed to me, she doesn't know what pajamas are. And I explained to this little girl who must have been five or six what pajamas are. So she took them. They changed her and she peered over to me and she just gave me this little smile. And that was it. As I was done, I had an obsession. Wow. What a, um, I mean, now I understand what a life-changing moment. Um, man, do, do you, do you happen to know that, that little girl? I mean, that was so early on in, in your starting of this, that, that it, it, it might be pretty unlikely that you would still know that where that no, journey ended for her. I don't, I can picture her. Um, yeah. It was so, that population is so fluid, but in addition, sure. I had no idea that I'd be here talking to you, Titus. Oh, yeah. Three years later, I took, yeah. my notes were handwritten on my daily calendar of which shelter I promised to go to. Yeah. Until maybe a year and a half in, I didn't realize this, this was growing and yeah. that it might be a good idea to keep track of where I was going and what the circumstances were. So a few years later, we, you know, we, I, I bonded with a few of the adults who were taking care of the kids and we got to know each other and we were in touch still. And I yeah. have one young lady who's now um, almost 20, who was two and a half. I have a picture oh. with her. Yeah. So she is an example of, of so much success. She says she learned how to read and her love of reading and her feeling loved came from visiting our pajama program reading center um, so often. And it was a safe place for her. So she's, she has said some beautiful things that, that I've always said, God, I can, I can rest. I can go whenever you want to take me because she is on her way. And, you know, whatever we did to support her is, you know, is enough for me. So that's a that long answer to your, to your question of, you know, where is she? But I did, um, I did ask my niece, who, who is a, a really great artist in Chicago, I called her and I asked her a few years ago, if I tell you everything I remember of that little girl in that moment, would you sketch her for me? Because over the years, I can remember her, but it's fading. And it was, it was making me crazy that I couldn't bring her up as clearly year after year. And she did. And when I got it in the mail, her, her sketch, um, I cried because it really, there was something there. That was yeah. her. And I put it in my book and I talk about it and I, and I revealed it to an audience, uh, a pajama programs audience a few years ago. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I have a picture of her always now. 
I love it. We're talking to Genevieve Patero. Uh, she's the the founder, the creator, and and the rock star of so many wonderful things. One of the things that were really stuck out for me is uh, you've now delivered over seven million new pairs of pajamas and books uh, to children around the country. And that what started off in one place, it looks like now you have over sixty chapters nationwide. Um, I asked the question do you know exactly where this little girl is? And, and, and it's so um, I can relate. I, I understand what it is to, to do a thing, feel a thing, have a human connection and not know this is going to change my life maybe instantaneously. Um, and then you go, Oh my gosh. Um, but in your case, it has grown and the impact has, has really come like a tidal wave across this nation. At what point did you know that we're probably going to give out, thousands, right? And then one day you probably go, wait a minute, forget thousands. We're going to give millions to walk our, walk our audience through the, those mile markers. I like to call them right where you go, wait a minute, this is different. Um, this, this is going to be a level like, ne- like never before in my life. Yeah. I can tell you the moment. Um, you know, I was trying to hold on to my job because my, my passion for it was waning as you can imagine, because mm, all sure. I could think about was this giant cell phone. I had hiding under my jacket because you couldn't take cell phones to work then and answering every phone call, whether it was another staffer who heard I have pajamas, can I have them for her, her groups or people who said, you know, I want to drop some pajamas off at your doorstep. Is that okay? So it was just this nonstop um, high of doing this and telling just a few people what I was doing because I didn't want to risk everything. I was not prepared for what was going to happen. So one woman called in New York and she said to me, um, I'm a writer for a national magazine. It was parenting magazine. Can I write a little story? Are you the lady giving pajamas out in the shelters in Harlem? And I said, yeah, I guess that that's me. And she said, just a little article. So I said, sure. And so she wrote just a little article and it appeared, it was supposed to appear um, just after 9-11, they were going to go to press. 9-11 happened and shocked the whole world. And they actually called and said, we, we're putting everything on hold, which I was shocked that to this day, I'm shocked that they called their, their, the people they were writing about to tell us. And they said, we'll resume when we know what the state of the world is literally. And of course I understood, didn't expect anything. Well, do you know, almost a year later they called. And they said, we're resuming and your article is going to run in December slash January. It's a double issue. So hopefully more people will see it and help you. So I didn't know. Well, let me back up. So I get home one day in uh, November and I'm in a, co- a co-op in New York. And the doorman, when I enter, is yelling and screaming at me. I don't know why. why. I'm just shocked. I go to get my mail and he says, forget that. Go in the elevator. I have some packages for you. Well, he filled that elevator up and was yelling. He thought I was starting a business in, in my little apartment. And boxes and letters and packages were, were being put on the floor and literally coming up to my neck. And he says, go upstairs and set, put everything in your apartment and send it back down. I got to get all this out of here. So this is a common area. I didn't know what he was talking about. He keeps filling up. He keeps it. Now, I had just met a great guy. His universe, God wanted me to have some some. Uh, partner in this whole thing. And I met a great guy who got me and he came in and the same thing, elevator full of packages. The doorman was yelling at him, bring this up to her, Paturo in 3A. So he came up. I, we had no idea. We started 
crazy opening everything. Well, do you know what I didn't realize? The people who have a subscription to the magazine get the magazine first. It wasn't even on the newsstands yet. Thousands of boxes, letters, cash came with notes that I were handwritten. I know people took their, their bread money. Please, will you give these pajamas to uh, one of the children? Please, can you buy some more pajamas with this? This is my favorite story when I was a little girl. I know if you buy this story, this little girl will love it. Oh, and then one letter was from a company that said, if you can send us your 501c3, we'd like to give you a grant. Wow. And I looked at my new husband and I said, what is this thing? 501, a little C and a number three. I had no idea. But right then I said out loud, this is not something I can just do on the side. This is a responsibility. All these people now trust me and I have to do it right. And that's the minute I knew that what touched me about her, the, the plight and her question was touching people universally. Wow. Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas is the book uh, that, that came from these experiences. Um, a best-selling book, an award-winning book. Tell everybody a little bit about, um, about the book. And, and if they haven't already got it, why in the world they need to pick it up? Because I'm sure it fills in a lot of the gaps, right? Between, between all these life moments. Yeah, it's the how and why and, and all the ups and downs of what happens when you find your purpose or it finds you and where it is and how to how to hear it and how to mm. ask for it. You know, we I used to think that only famous, you know, brilliant people had a, a purpose, like it was their gift that, that that God gave only a few people. And and you know, I accepted that. And I think we some of us do. And I have learned that we all have a purpose. God gave us all a purpose. And it's up to us to trust it and to honor it and to ask ourselves sincerely, what was I given to do that is mine? Because when you do and you share it, it's amazing what support there is because you are on that purpose meant for you. And you're not following a job, a career, a tradition. You're following your heart that is only yours. And it's, I talk about all the lessons in the book. And one of them that I think sums up so much is I used to think it was the power of one, whether it was Oprah, who of course I, I have the utmost respect for, whether it was Deepak Chopra or Einstein or, you know, Alexander Graham Bell, anybody with a great idea, the power of one, look at that, how it, one person changes things, but it's not, it's not the power of one. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. And that's yeah, that, been 20 some years of evidence. That's pretty powerful, Genevieve. Um, I like to take notes during the guests, but when you're the host and you interview lots of folks, you know, my notepad's never quite as full as the guest or as the audience that's listening. Uh, my, I'm about to have to turn the page here. I'm writing down everything you're saying. I like that. Not just the power of one, but one another. Man, that is good. Um, I, I, want, I, want to, I want you to speak to some of the folks that are listening right now that, that are maybe on, maybe, maybe their, their, their little question from a little girl 
uh, just recently happened to them. Uh, m- maybe the voice inside themselves that said, uh, is this what you want to do for the next 30 years? Maybe that just bubbled up in somebody that's listening and they're at a job and maybe it's a good job and they've got a really good boss um, and good benefits and opportunity, but, it, but it, maybe it's not tied to their purpose and passion and they're wrestling right now. Um, what would you say to those folks, those folks that are, that are so confound by the box that, that, that their life is currently in? It's scary, right? Oh, it's very scary. And I, and, and I say in the book all the time, I've lost, you know, years of, of sleep because of being afraid and doubting myself and not mm. knowing the first thing about this new, you know, new uh, path I was following and, and uh, didn't have much support except for, you know, a few people at the very beginning. And it sounded like a crazy idea. I'm going to leave my corporate job and I'm going to go around giving children in shelters pajamas. I mean, I, I heard myself say it to people and I, I know why they looked at me like, you know, why, what are you crazy? But especially over these last 15, 16 months, we've all gone in. We've had to and examined our, our lives. And yes, there are so many who are saying, I want, I want to change. I need meaning. I need purpose. And I teach the slide or the jump. I took the jump. I wasn't prepared. Talk about that. Um, made a lot of mistakes. Thank goodness. Being on my purpose, on my path, did bring the right people to me to say, wait a minute, this is the way to do it. And, you know, gave me the courage to ask for help. So thankfully, it turned out great. But it, it, was, a, it was difficult at times. And I made mistakes. But there's a, those of us who do that jump. And I talk and teach about that. And that can be for some of, of, of our listeners today who are, may or may not be prepared, but they are that type that will, that will jump. Mm-hmm. And I can just say there are, there are lessons that I've learned, and I'm happy to share. If anybody emails me, I'm happy to share, have a conversation about preparing versus not preparing and, and how there are some easy ways to prepare. But there's also, Titus, a slide that I teach because not everybody needs to leave their job if you like your job and you enjoy your job, but you have this calling to play the piano or to work with horses or to, you know, to do whatever, to paint or to be a teacher. There are so many ways to slide that and add it to your life. That mm, will come on. just as profound and just as transformational to you. You'd be amazed. And I see it all the time with um, people that I, that I work with as a purpose coach. I see how they light up. And by putting it and keeping it on that back burner is just such a message to you that you're not worth it, that you can never do it, and that you know, the time has it, isn't right. Mm. The time is always right. Just trust that you are given that gifts and that nudging because the time is right to somehow slide it into your life. And and we figure that out together. Man, I love that. And, and, and folks, you know, GenevievePatero.com and we'll make sure we spell that for you so you get it right. But that's a place where folks can go and they can have an ongoing conversation with you even after this interview, right? Sure. Sure. Please email me. Yeah. You know, I tell clients all the time, I love the way you, you, you mentioned the word slide it in. That's, I love that. I, I tell folks that I think our purpose, because I get this, and I'm sure you do too, where folks say, I'm not doing my purpose for a living. So therefore I'm miserable and everything is the worst and I hate my job and, 
and, and I, I got to be in my purpose. Um, and, and I, and I tell them, I go, well, our purpose is kind of like salt. Um, it enhances that which it's applied to. Right. And maybe like, I've never just eaten salt before. So like, <laughs> maybe instead of like you hating life because you're not doing your, maybe you ought to like sprinkle it in and you, your term slide it. And I absolutely love that slide it into things. Um, but I also say it's like salt. I want to get your thoughts on this because you are a, a, a purpose coach. I tell people our, our purpose is like salt, not just because it enhances that which we apply it to, but it's also back in the day before we had refrigerators, it, it would preserve things. Mm. You know, it would keep things alive. It would keep things fresh. It would allow us to. I wonder if our purpose keeps us alive, keeps keeps our soul alive. What do you think about that? Oh, my gosh. One hundred percent. You know, I call it an obsession that I had, which is the number obsession is the number one motivator in human behavior for good and bad. And I like to say it's for good. And that's exactly right. Only your purpose will give you that fuel to sustain. Nothing else will. It's very difficult to sustain um, and, and retain your sanity. If you don't feel a personal attachment Mm -hmm. from your heart and your soul to what you're breathing life into it's just so sustaining when that's you know when that is part of your life i, I want to ask you right on the other side of our, our short break here i want to ask you how does a person find their purpose right because i think you've nailed why we should be in it and you've talked about the benefits that come from it being a part of your either the the, the main course on your plate or at least sliding it in to, to your meals. Um, but I, I'm sure there's going to be some of our, our folks out there that go, well, how do I find it? And how do I know? How do I know it's a purpose and not just a hobby? Um, so I'm going to ask you that question in just a minute. But in every show, we take just a just a short pause. And we just say thank you to the, the, the partners of the show, the, the organizations and the brands that believe in the concept of huddling up with smart people like Genevieve, with lit, giving them a platform to tell their story and to motivate and inspire the world and to get really good leaders to become really great leaders. And so if you go to team-csg.com, that's team-csg.com and click on the solutions from the huddle tab, you'll see lots of great companies like MS Digital Solutions and Shepherd Law and, and, and Speedy Oil Change and, and all these different companies that care about what we're doing. Uh, you can click on their logo, learn more about them. And if you know me and you know the show, we don't like to stand next to things that aren't worth standing next to. And we're pretty excited to stand next to those brands. So Genevieve, um, in addition to selling or I'm sorry, in addition to giving away uh, over 7 million pajamas and books, in addition to over 60 chapters nationwide, in addition to, I noticed you also rang the, the NASDAQ bell in 2016. The accomplishments yeah. are absurd. But in addition to all of that, you're a purpose uh, a coach. How does somebody identify their purpose? How do they find it? Right. Um, even if it's right under their nose, they, that doesn't mean they know it. They don't see it. How, how do they identify it? What do they do? Sure. Well, I can I can share with you what I do as a purpose coach with with my um, with my clients. This is this is something that seems to work well. So I hope it'll work for some of your um, listeners. Find a relaxed setting, time to yourself, ninety minutes at least, where you won't be interrupted. Whatever you need, a glass of wine, a cup of green tea, some cookies, slice of pizza, pen and paper, not a computer. Put on soft music or, or don't, but make sure you're in a place 
that you feel yourself, that feels good to you, that you are relaxed. Write down 10 things that turn your heart on, 10 things that you love to do, be around, learn about, 10 things. It could be anything. It could be children. It could be flowers. It could be animals. It could be um, cancer patients. It could be a painting. It could be anything. It could be you dreamt about being a surgeon and you still dream about being a surgeon. It could be anything. 10 things. Take 10 minutes and one by one, a minute on each item, feel what your body feels when you say that. So when you say painting, how does it make you feel? When you say riding horses, how does it make you feel? When you say helping to care for someone sick in a hospital, how does it make you feel? You will be able to narrow it down to the top three that really make your heart stop, make you catch your breath when you sit for a minute with that action, that word, that topic. Mm. So those three things are going to be what you're going to focus on for the next three weeks. The first thing, one hour the first week, immerse yourself in it. So if it's um, caring for people, Find out all you can about volunteering, being with them. If, it's, if there's a specific group that you want to investigate, you can call, you can talk to people, you can read article after article about that world. Do it for one hour and take notes and examine how you feel. Do you love it? Is it is one hour? Are you waiting for the hour to be done or are you you're lost in it for the whole afternoon and you forgot the other responsibilities you had? The second week, don't do that. Do everything for an hour about the second topic. If you can physically be in that space, do it. If you have to read about it, talk to somebody in that world, do it for at least an hour. Make a note of exactly how you feel and what was going on in your mind. Were you thinking about a million other things unrelated or were you thinking about how where this one was going to take you to the next step, to the next step, to the next step? And the third week, do the same thing you will be able to put them in order of which one gave you the most excitement and the most and felt most like you. Mm. And that's where the journey begins. What, what is the next step with that one? And if there are two, that's okay. What would be the next step for each of those to slide it into your life? If you have been thinking about it and you already know, and you've just been kept, kept pushing it down, pushing it down, it wasn't the right time, didn't have enough money, what will people think if I want to do this, then that's a separate conversation because you know what it is that you, you, your purpose is. But if you don't, that exercise, I feel confident, will give you such insight into what it is. And don't be embarrassed if it's singing. does not mean that you, you know, are destined to be Adele. It means that you need to give yourself that gift and share it and mm. hone it and honor. That's good. That's good, man. What a what a specific and detailed. You know, we we hear the world talk about being your purpose, being your purpose, but I don't know that anyone's broken it down just quite that way. That is beautiful, um, and I, and I appreciate it. And here's the beautiful thing about a podcast, friends. Just hit pause. 
and then hit rewind and then hit play again, right? I mean, you would be able to hear that line by line in the most detailed way. This is the back of a microwavable dinner. Follow these steps, eat afterwards. I love it. Um, Genevieve, I, I always ask our guests, um, uh, you know, we, we generally, the folks that we have on here are successful people and folks that are people that I would say are people of significance. Um, and they've learned through experience and insight and education and certifications and, and, and through mentorship and coaching. But my favorite question to ask people is, what have you learned the hard way? Because um, I know that you even mentioned it happened to you. I haven't found someone that, has ha- that it hasn't happened to where, where they, they got a little beat up and bruised. They made a mistake. They, 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 they scraped their elbow. Um, one of my mentors is John Maxwell. And in his book, his famous book, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And so I love when somebody says, you know what? This wasn't a failure and a loss. Um, I I, I didn't win, but I was busy learning. (laughs) I might've been learning the hard way. So is there one or two scenarios, examples, stories, things that you came to learn and know and put into your life's equation today, but it's because you made a a mistake and you learned the hard way because it might save years of pain and struggle for the person listening right now. Um, is there one or two of those that you feel comfortable sharing with the audience? There are hundreds, but I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you one. Um, okay. and, and it goes back to what I mentioned before. So many of us are afraid to share our, you know, our, our purpose or what we want to change in our life. We're, we're afraid it's going to rock the boat. It's a, we're afraid to give it voice because then it's real. I get that. I was that person too. So what I did at the beginning, before I told anybody what I wanted to do, I said, let me practice this on someone because it sounds really ridiculous, but I think it's beautiful and it means so much. And I think that there, there are other people who would want to help me do this. So I rehearsed it, which <laughs> I, I could see, I could hear how it sounds. So Hi, so-and-so. Uh, I wanted to just share that I'm thinking of leaving my corporate career to give pajamas to kids, right? And I mentioned this earlier in our interview. So I said, let me call up a friend who's also a career girl, not in my business because I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag, and just have a drink with her and, and share, and maybe she'll help me. So that's what I did. And I was nervous, and I had practiced what I was going to say, and I you know, tried to build my confidence up because I know it sounded ridiculous. So I said, pretty much after a glass of wine, I said that to her, I'm thinking about leaving um, my job because I met this little girl in a shelter and um, I brought brought pajamas after I read to them. And would you believe she didn't even know what they were? And I told her. And so I'm trying to figure out how to do this full time. Well, she looked at me and she said, why in the world would you want to do that? You think you're changing their lives with a pair of pajamas? You've worked how many years? A dozen years? 13 years? You've built up this career. You're on the the path to what you've always wanted. It's so hard. And you're going to give it up. Can't you just do this like a little bit on the side? And with every one of those comments, I felt punched in the gut. And I I had no answer. I had no answer for her. I didn't know how, I didn't know why, except that I felt it was the right thing for me to do. And I just felt like I was going to slide off the chair and be a puddle of mush on the ground and never be able to get up. And it was just, I didn't know to cry or to get angry. And I made an excuse to have to leave and not continue to dinner. And I left and I beat myself up 
And I realized I did this in the wrong order. I should have gotten my cheerleaders in place first because this is bound to happen again. And I can't, I can't keep risking my feelings on, on people that don't get it. So who are my cheerleaders? I went to my mom. Of course, she's my mom. She put us to bed. She got it right away. You know what she said? I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to figure it out. And I went to my dad, who always cautious, said, well, you know, if you need some help, um, you know, I don't know how, how I can help you. And, you, you know, you've already built this world, but that's what you want to do. You know, let me know how I can help. And my new husband, who said, go for it. And I, I got confidence back slowly. And I said, wow, was I, was I dumb to do it the other way around? Get your cheerleaders first. Wow. What a wonderful perspective. I love that. I mean, you know, we always want people that are going to help us critically think and people that are going to challenge. And, you know, you, you hear folks say, don't just get your yes men or yes women in place, but, but to get them in the right order is what I'm hearing you say, right? Exactly. I mean, it, it, you don't, you don't avoid the folks that may challenge and, and, and cause you to think about what you're doing. Uh, you're just saying, put it in the right darn order. And, and, and you had it out of order and it, it kicked you in the stomach. And we don't have to put it, we don't have to get them out of order. We can, we can put them in the right order and, and get the results that come afterwards. I love that. Um, Genevieve, before we, we conclude this interview, which has been such a wonderful inspiration, um, tell the audience how they can connect with you. Give them the websites, the social media stuff, all of that stuff, uh, because I want them to get the book. Um, I want them to support the charity. I want them to maybe even say, hey, I, maybe I ought to get some coaching from Genevieve. So how does our audience connect with you and go above and beyond this interview? Sure. I'm the founder of Pajama Program, but my website's GenevievePituro.com. A couple of years ago, I went to our board. I was founder and executive director for, for this time for the first 18 years. And then I told the board, which they knew I wanted to write the book and speak and make my own income that way. So I, I wanted us to have a really great executive director to replace me who could take, I always tell her, uh, my baby to college. And so that's, she's great. And I'm happy to introduce anybody who wants to learn more about pajama program and the future to her. And it's pajamaprogram.org. For my work and my book and all of that, the books on Amazon or anywhere you buy books, but to reach me, genevievefero.com and you can find me there and connect with me and I'd be happy to talk purpose. I love it. Genevieve Patoro. I'm going to spell it out. G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-P-I-T-U-R-R-O.com. Remember, you can just hit rewind and play that over until you get it right. Make sure you go check out the website, check out the book, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. Not just Purpose and Passion. <laughs> those pajamas as well. Genevieve, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope you'll come back again. Yes? I would love it. Thank you, Titus, for the invitation. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.